Friday afternoon, Longhorn live stream. I'm Bobby Burton alongside Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton. Me and Rod are here live at the co-op. I uh, talked a little Longhorn football. Uh, the live stream on Friday uh, brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, Rod, the Longhorns favored in this game against Kansas State. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they're going at uh, the Wildcats with their backup quarterback, Malik Murphy. Uh, your general thoughts on this game and, and why – I mean, why Texas right now? Why why the Longhorns are seven and one, but the Wildcats have beaten the last two opponents 82 to three? Because the teams that K-State have has already beaten, they're not necessarily good teams, right? The good teams that they have faced have actually been able to get the best of K-State. That's Missouri, that's Oklahoma State, the other teams that they played, and are they beaten them soundly? Um, but those teams have losing records, I believe. Uh, that's one part of it. Um, I think another part of it is you know, Texas playing at home, that's always giving you a little grace when you're playing at home. Texas has more talent than K-State overall. There's no question right. if you went position by position. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size but is that I would give the advantage at quarterback. And honestly, I think I may give the advantage at head coach right now to K-State. And those are probably two of the biggest, you know, factors in deciding, you know, who's going to win a game. So I think Texas is the most talented team. I think Texas has been more battle tested. I think Texas playing at home is big. Um, but man, quarterback has to go. That edge has to go to K State. And then head coach, even if you want to say it's a push and a draw, you can't say Texas has the advantage at head coach necessarily. So that that worries me. That's why I'm, I got I got I hope they're butterflies, but they might be bubble guts. We'll see. Yeah, here here's my thought on this, and, and Jerry, I want to get to you in a second. Is K State does have Colin Klein at, at mm-hmm. offense coordinator. You would think Steve Sarkeesian is as good or better there. Yeah. However, Colin Klein has a very specific mo of what his team is and plays to those strengths. If they can, if they are forced to go beyond those strengths, let's see what kind of versatility they bring. Texas has won games a couple of different ways. Yes. Now, the difference being, can you win the game throwing the ball if your backup is the quarterback? Uh, can Texas win it with Malik Murphy throwing it? We were talking this morning on Coffee and Football, Jerry and I, and somebody asked us, if Malik has to throw the ball 28 times, can hmm. Texas win? My immediate reaction is you're probably looking at a loss hmm. at that point in time. Uh, Jerry, your thought on this game? Well, first thing is I'm, I stayed back in Houston because Kevin Mars in Austin, and I didn't want to get caught in any swing of fire. I mean, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, you mean, say, explain, well, explain well, what you mean by that. Explain what you mean by that. Three bullet if, with Kevin Mar being in uh, in, in uh, Austin. Um, yeah, I just don't look. I mean, to Rod's point on Chris Kleiman, he's won a Big Twelve championship. He is a proven winner as a head coach. To Rod's point. Um, but uh, yeah, well, let's see what happens here. He's also 0-4 against Kansas State, right, uh, or against Texas. So let's see if uh, he can get his breakthrough win against Texas. But, uh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I agree with that. I, if if Malik's having to put the ball in the air a lot, that means Texas isn't running it well effectively or they're getting behind the chains with holding pre-snap penalties. You know the offensive line's banged up. Those are all scenarios that aren't good for Texas. I mean – What's good for Texas is you look in the box score after the game and Texas has more rushing attempts than Kansas State. Yep. If Ooh. you can look in the box score and see that, then Texas will have won this football game. I, I was going to say, you just, wow. mark, you just put the W down. Yeah, yeah that w means down. they were successful running the football. That means they were probably kept the Kansas State offense off the field and Texas was successful enough on first down run defense. 
you mentioned yeah. Kevin Marr, uh, just so everybody's clear of what we're talking about there. Kevin Marr and his officiating crew uh, is the one at Oklahoma State a year ago that I think it was, was it 14 penalties to zero in favor, yeah. of, uh, uh, in favor of Oklahoma State? Now, I think this is going to be his first game uh, with Texas this week. Or Did he have Baylor maybe? He may have had Baylor up in Waco for Texas this year. But my point being, he is not – there's been some studies done or, and analytics done, and his crew has not been exactly fortuitous for the Longhorns. <laughs> well, the line's been moving down. <laughs> Maybe that's why. They got the assignment of Kevin Marr. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, I, I don't say that. I, I don't mean to say that, uh, you know, in, in seriousness. Uh, but it's certainly something that uh, is a subtext uh, to this game as well. All right. Uh, this is the Longhorn live stream Friday afternoon brought to you by the folks at My Perfect Franchise. If you're looking to get into business ownership, uh, give Andy Ludicky and his uh, group a call uh, at 404-973-9901 or send them an email at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, andy takes you through a process that qualifies you for certain businesses, gets you to understand what is possible and is not possible with franchise ownership, and selects ones that fit your needs and goals as a business owner. That's Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Uh, Rod, you, me, uh, Jerry, all appreciate his ongoing support yes. here at On Texas Football. Uh, guys, we've got a number of other things. There's a report out from C.J. Vogel, a uh, guy that you and I know, Jerry, and have, yep. have talked to before. I know C.J. Uh, yeah, he, uh, he is saying that Malik Murphy mm. has missed at least a practice or some practice this, this week. We know he missed some a week ago. Hmm. That would be and, two, and the week leading up the U of H. Yeah, that would be two to three consecutive weeks where – you know, is it is it a bad back? Is it a bum leg? Is it something else? Are we sure? Are we sure it's like an injury, or is it something like a, a, off, a, a, off the yeah, field? Yeah, 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 something else. Okay, yeah. we we don't know. We no, no we idea. do okay. not know. Okay, uh, but uh, allegedly he has missed mm. uh, has missed some practice. And Jerry, I mean, this mm. is this puts more onus on the Longhorns to try to come out and uh, figure out a way to win this game. I, as I mentioned at the open, Steve Sarkeesian's harped on versatility. Yep. This is going to be stamped with one because they're going to have to win it some which way that is not normal, if that makes sense. They're going to have to. Yeah, I thought I thought what was interesting. I thought what was interesting last week is is you knew something was going on with Malik. Is when they were out before the team came out in full pads for warmups. Arch Manning was over there warming up, huddled with the first team offensive skill guys. I, I sent, I think I sent the video out that you got that guys that was on actually Longhorn Network pregame, and I was like, hmm, that's interesting. I mean, so <laughs> there's clearly uh, Arch has been told um, you got to you got to prepare like you're going to play all the way to the point of being ready to play. So. Wow. Uh, you don't really do that if your number one is 100% healthy. Let, let's just say that. And if you have 100% confidence that he's he 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 can uh, he can he can take the ball and go and go play the full game, that just doesn't happen. I, you know what? Yeah. What are your thoughts on it, Rod? You've been in that locker room. You know what it feels like whenever you're like, is this guy going to play? Not play? What's going on during the week? Why? I mean, look, it's pretty significant if you're. If you got a backup quarterback and he's missing a day of practice. Oh, especially uh, when during he, the week. Yeah, I mean, during the week. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's not like he's missing Sunday well, cool and he's got, down. And he's making his second start. 
So yeah. that's not a guy who's been in the system for a season like Quinn. And he's, he kind of knows the ins and outs of the offense and he's well, you know, he's acclimated to the system. Uh, this is a guy making his second start. Uh, that would be concerning um, if he's missing practice time for whatever reason, um, because obviously he needs those reps as many as he can. And if you're a coach now, no matter what's going on with Malik, even because he's missing practice time, that can affect performance. Gotcha. Got to get the other guy ready to go because if there's a you know a downward spiral. Uh, say your young quarterback, you know, has consecutive bad plays in a row. I've played on teams with quarterbacks where, hey man, that leads to kind of a quicksand where they can't seem to pull themselves out of it. You got to be ready for that as a coach, and you got to be ready to adapt. The running game is probably the best you know, an antidote here for whatever is ailing Texas or Malik or any, or any of the young quarterbacks would be just, can you just run the ball effectively versus K-State and really take the, you know, take the element of the quarterback, no matter who it's going to be, you know, ma- make them not as impactful in the overall game. And you said it, Jerry, maybe Sark should try to almost beat K-State at their own game and I run the so. football uh, with what, with, with these reports that would I, I'll make me kind of double down on that philosophy. So uh, that's concerning. I don't, I don't honestly, uh, I'm really anxious about this game anyway. That made me a little bit more anxious. Just right. Why, why wouldn't it? I mean, that made that, that news just kind of freaked me out a little bit. You talk about, first of all, the defense is already in a, a, a compromising position because they have to come up with two game plans for two different quarterbacks. So all right. your practice time this week has been split. Usually you prepare for one quarterback, you got one game plan. Not this week, preparing for you got a Will Howard game plan and you got an Avery Johnson game plan. So Chris Kleiman already puts your your defense in a really, really tough spot because they don't have as much practice time to prepare for just that one quarterback. And now you're talking about on the flip side, offensively, you also had to use two quarterbacks and come up with two game plans, potentially for Malik and for Arch, depending on what Malik's issue is and how severe it may be. Um, that's a that's a tough week of practice for a team. Yeah, I think it's I think it's so interesting, guys, because here's the crazy thing about this game tomorrow. We absolutely know what Kansas State's going to do tomorrow. I, I don't think there's – it's not like they're going to come out and Will Howard's going to throw 35 passes tomorrow, right? They're going to come out and they're going to try to choke the clock. They're going to try to say, all right, we like what Wyoming did here because we think we can do this with our quarterbacks who have quarterback run game and our running backs are better. Oh, and we have this BB guy pulling all the time. Follow BB in the run game, as Bobby Bartronic said. I think he's correct. Um, and we have better players. So we, if we can rush the ball 50 times and we can get the third and threes, we're third in the country at that. That means Texas is not dominating us at the line of scrimmage, and we're going to walk out here with a win. You know what Kansas State's plan is. We don't really know what Texas' plan is. That's the crazy thing, right? You know what Kansas State's going to do. We don't really know what Texas is going to do. Well, we figure it's going to be pass, pass, pass to start the game. But after that, we really don't know. <laughs> I think it's going to be pass to set up the run. Yeah, That would be my guess. If I'm to Jerry's point, pass, pass, pass. But that's to set up the run, Rod. I really believe that. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this, that, that, look, I feel like Colin Klein, who's the offense coordinator at, at Kansas State, calls a certain type of game plan. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't work, when that doesn't work, there could be issues. Whereas I think that Steve Sarkeesian now has got it to a point where there is a part two, part three of the Texas offense. Yeah. So that being said, I think that for Texas to win, you have to start at part one, which is stop the Kansas State run game. Mm-hmm. If, if, if Texas can't really stop, to Jerry's point, put them in second and nine instead of second and five on a first down run. 
If they can't do that on a regular basis, mm. it is going to be a long afternoon. To Jerry's point also, I would look for Texas to run run blitzes, all kinds of stuff er, in early downs against Kansas State. Um, look, this is a Texas team that beat Kansas State in Manhattan a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. That was the last loss of the year until they went to their bowl game for Kansas State. So Texas has – I mean, Sark and those guys have played these guys and beaten them before. Yep. They have a little something on them. They scored 35 points last year in, in Manhattan at a time when, frankly, Quinn Ewers wasn't playing all that great. Right. Um, and so, uh, Rod, you and I have talked about this. And and, and, and Kansas State secondary is not as good this year. Yeah, and Kansas State lost three guys in the NFL in the secondary. Yeah. That being said, you got yeah. Malik Murphy instead of Quinn Ewers, which is unfortunate but uh, in, some, in some respects. But the other piece that I want to say here is this. Rod, you've been harping on this almost for seven weeks, eight weeks now. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he's going to be ready for the three high safety look. Yeah, he should be. Sark, Sark is like before, oh, we weren't expecting that defense. We yeah. weren't expecting that defense. If he ain't expecting it now. We got a problem. We, we, he's coming yeah. correct at this <laughs> yeah, point. Agreed. Right. I mean, yeah. And so you've said, and, and I listened to football theory with you and Ian Boyd, which I thought was terrific last night. Thank you, brother. Um, you've said repeatedly that you think there are some things that Sark can do to kind of mitigate yep. that game plan or that style of defense that they see. They're going to see two weeks in a row, by the way, or three, three weeks. weeks in a row. They go Kansas State this week. Iowa or TCU, TCU the next, and then Iowa State. Bang, bang, bang. The best teams in the country at running. Hey, that get you really yeah. well. So they, so he made, my point is, yeah. he may have held everything back, as far as we know, for this very game and this this three game stretch because you don't have to worry about it any other way. I don't disagree with that at all. I'll tell you this: Texas is confident, though. Yeah, I, I'm just telling you. Now, and, and you're talking about inside the building, and I, yeah. I, I agree. Well, they should be because. To 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 Bobby's one. Listen, I, when I said if you know the, the the head coach comparison that Chris Kleiman may have the advantage, and you call it a push, that's because I think Sark is ascending this year, right? Sark is. This is the year that Sark's trying to change the narrative that he's a championship level coach, win double digit games, and win conference championship. This is supposed to be the year, but Chris Kleiman's already done some of those things, right? So that's why he may have an advantage, but. Sarks beat him two years in a row. And the first time he beat him, you yep. know Chris Kleiman's he's worried about it, or at least he still thinks about it because he brought it up this week and said he beat us without a quarterback right. in 2021. He beat us just running the Wildcat in yep. 2021. That was a hell of a coaching job by Sark. Might have been yep. his best damn coaching job all year in 2021. I agree. Came out with hurt quarterbacks, hurt running backs. Sark just was out there coaching his butt off and end up out coaching Chris Kleiman in that game, who also had a hurt quarterback in Skylar Thompson. Last year, that was the year for K-State to win the game. You had two quarterbacks. You had Will Howard and a veteran, Adrian Martinez. You had Deuce Vaughn. You had weapons on offense. You had first-round talent on the on the defensive side of the ball with NFL guys in the secondary. And yet Sark outcoached them, found a way to beat them in K-State. So I have no doubt that Sark can outcoach Kleiman, especially in adverse circumstances like he's dealing with now. But this, this K-State team, the way they're constructed and built, I think – you got to beat them a certain way, and yeah. especially. With, and I, this is what we're talking about: the physicality element of it, and winning on first down. Basically, you got you you'll know who's going to win this game by if it's third and long or if it's third and short. If it's third now, if it's third and medium, it's a coin toss. But if K State's in third and short, they probably going to get it. 
that are, they're a top three, top four, third down offense in the country. But if they're in third and long, that means Will Howard and or Avery Johnson, they're going to have to operate outside of their comfort zone. They don't have great – they don't have U of H, Oklahoma, or even Bama-type Bama, Bama type receivers on the outside. They're not twitchy. They got one guy, Brooks. He's twitchy. Dylan Brooks, best, yeah. Right? He's twitchy. But the rest of them, you know, they're, they're serviceable, but nothing Texas can't handle. I even wonder, Bobby, to your point early on about early downs, being able to win those early downs, if they would even invite K-State to throw the ball on first down. Give them favorable matchups on the outside. Show well, them you're going to stack the box. You're like, man, listen, we're not giving you that easy run. I'll give yeah. you that you want to go for the one-on-ones outside, take them. But we believe that we can hold up out there, and that's your weakness. That would be you trying to beat us left-handed. I'll take that. Totally agree, Rod. We hit on this the other night. I'm going to be fascinated to see how PK calls first down, first down defense mm-hmm. in this game. Yep. How he calls first down defense because you have to take away the run. And the way you take away the run is you overload the box. And that means you have to give some one-on-one opportunities. They're wide out. He's got to be aggressive on first down uh, defense with his play calls this week. Vanilla, not going to get it done in my opinion. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if he mixes and matches a little bit. But to Jerry's point, you can't play the same way you played against Wyoming. No. You can't just give it up. You can't. And you certainly can't be playing off on fourth and nine or fourth and two nine yards off like they did last week. I that had to be a bust in the second. Yeah, that had to be uh, I mean, I think just fundamentally. Player right? error. I think that was a player error. Okay, I don't think the coaches were coaching that technique. Enough. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, this is the Longhorn live stream on Friday afternoon uh, here at the co-op. Uh, people milling about, buying some stuff before mm-hmm. the game tomorrow against Kansas State. That's at 11 o'clock a.m. at DKR uh, on Fox. It's the big noon Saturday show uh, for yeah. them. They're in town as well, Joel Klatt and those guys. Uh, this is brought to you by MyPerfectFranchise.net and Andy Ludicky. Uh, let's go to a couple of questions here and get going and talk about it a little bit. Ryan Nelson, Bobby, this is what you wanted. Meaningful football in November. <laughs> Amen. No, no, I mean, this is – It is like, great. I would, I would say yes. I'll it's say, awesome. Hand on the Bible, yes. Yeah. Okay. Your heart rate being up is just a result <laughs> of higher quality football in offense. Also true. I, I mean, look, Rod, you, you and I, I've known you for 20-plus years. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, in that 20 plus years, when you were at Texas and probably the 10 years after mm-hmm. Texas played meaningful November football every single year. Yes, yep. sir. I remember it. it you know beautiful. what I mean? Yeah. Now the last 10 years, when's the last meaningful football game they played in November? Maybe 20, to get into the big 12, 2018, yeah. 2018. Yeah. One year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, to, to Ryan's point, Rod, this is, this is big. Now uh, Longhorns not only have a big one, uh, tomorrow, but also Oklahoma State plays Oklahoma. That's a huge one. Yeah, that's in in Stillwater. Yeah. That's going to be a big game. Uh, Iowa State, uh, Kansas. Yeah, they've got. Uh, my point is, in November right now, it's the first weekend in November. You could say this is a Big Twelve semifinal with Kansas State playing Texas that's and fair. Oklahoma playing Oklahoma State. That's fair. The winners will play each other in Arlington in a month. I agree. You know, theoretically. Yeah, I mean, I that I bet that bet would be even money. The two winners play each other in, in Arlington. I like that because if you go look at the schedules of a lot of the teams after this, particularly Texas and like Oklahoma State, they soften up yep. quite a bit after this kind of marquee weekend, this separation weekend. So I'm with you, but I, I didn't think we'd be here. I thought there would be clear, you know, s- separation with Texas and Oklahoma and everybody else. Nope. 
Turns out <laughs> you still got, we got five one loss teams right now in the big 12. So this weekend will be huge. You're right about that in Texas. Truth is, man, they get a second loss here. Bobby's right. They're out of it. They're out of the big 12 title discussion for now. At least they won't have any control over their fate. They'll have to leave it up to the football guy. Like, like if Texas happened to lose this weekend, they'd be having the cheer for Iowa state to beat Kansas state. Here, I, I put the I put yeah. I put the Big Twelve standings here. I updated them uh, today with uh, after Texas Tech defeated TCU. You talk about a team that's on the on the I don't know even what you'd call it, <laughs> Jerry. What do you call a team that goes from the national championship game to two and four in conference? And I, you know, when's the last team? I think in Rod, we brought this up this morning. When's the last team a team lost the national championship game? And then didn't make a bowl game the last the next year. Don't Te- say Texas it. in two thousand nine. No, I know you were gonna say that. That's true though, right, Jerry? I mean, we talked be. about that. It's got to be. Yeah, that, but that's where this is headed for TCU, and that's who the Longhorns have next week. Mm. Yeah. So, to your point, Jerry's point about in Rod's point about the schedule kind of going like that. That's what it is. Yeah. That, I, I, let's be. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean here, but. Every uh, birdie putt Gary Patterson makes this year on the course feels a little better. Yes, it does. You know he's, <laughs> you know he's, he's like, oh my guys are doing okay now that it's truly Sunny Dykes guys. They're not so good. Oh, yeah. He's enjoying that. That is true. <laughs> that twenty four foot birdie putt felt like a sixty foot birdie putt last week. That I will. Say. <laughs> uh, hey, this is uh, Bobby Burton, Rod Babers, Jerry Hamilton, Longhorn live stream. Uh, we we are following up on a couple of reports. One that uh, Malik Murphy missed some practice time this week. Uh, we're trying to check that out and see if it's uh, accurate or not. But certainly, it's something worth uh, uh, worth listening to and hearing about. Uh, furthermore, uh, we know Ethan Burke is likely out for this game. We know Jalen Catalan is likely out for this week. There could yeah, be Stark, others. Stark left the door open on Ethan Burke, though. That's what I thought Did was he? interesting. He did, but I think he. I mean, I think he said he's surprised by how well he's doing. Yeah. Not necessarily that he's actually doing going to be able to play. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Mary. and that's big, man. The edges are going to be so important when yeah. Avery Johnson is in the game. He's he still got his high school body pretty much because he's right. a freshman. They they don't call a lot of interior runs for no. him. He doesn't like running on the interior. He is one of their fastest, if not their fastest players. So he wants to get to the edge and get there right away. Over. Um, 80 per 80% of his, uh, rushes, 90% of his rushing yards, his explosive runs, uh, are, uh, the C and D gap uh, through the yeah. C and D gap. So when he's in there, it should be a different type of defense for the most part. You ain't got to worry about sweat and Murphy or whoever's in the interior. What you need to do is fortify the edges when Avery Johnson's in there. Will Howard though, it's, it's a little bit more diverse because they run. It's the most, I think it might be the most diverse quarterback run game in the country. It's really if there is yeah. another one out there, you know it's top they five. use with Jalen Daniels. Yes, I was say it's yeah. it's really diverse though. Both of those are really diverse run games. They run everything: uh, quarterback power, quarterback lead, option. They run it all. Um, but when Avery Johnson's in there, they want to hit that edge. That's what you got to know. <laughs> uh, I completely agree, uh, Buddy Powell, Chief Big Guy. Texas should stop Johnson because he's a slightly more glorified Wildcat. Wildcat will hit it up in there a little bit. Yeah, Wildcat's going to run between the yeah, tackles. Johnson doesn't do that. Yeah, he's trying uh, to get to that outside. They're going. I think they're going to run the option with him. Like 
Kansas did with Jason Bean early on against Texas. If you don't do that early on, then – I'd do it a hundred times. I, I mean, because Texas never really looked good they, defending that. Exactly. They, never. They, and then, well, you, got, you don't have Ethan Burke. You don't have Jalen Catalan. Remember, Jalen Catalan won that jar the ball loose on that play. That'd be something – that I think you're going to see early on from Avery Johnson. It fits his skill set and is perfect to test that Texas uh, defensive assignment football. Was that the first time Ryan Watts was out that game? Oh, that's good. Y'all remember that? Because I do think, like, I I actually think that that he actually, so Kansas State does not have what I would call stock blockers on the outside. They don't get, like, Rod, you you competed against that. Yeah. Right? Um, Those big, tall, long, they don't have those guys. No, they don't um, and so Ryan Watts presents a little something different, at That's least into the boundary. Yeah. Potentially. I, and I wonder if they'll stay away from that. In yeah. The boundary. You see what I'm getting yeah, at? Yeah, just because of that. And one thing to watch too, guys, like I said, I don't know if they're going to do it. We've talked about it before. You know, K-State runs a lot of power personnel package. They run 12, one back, two tight ends, 21, two, two backs, one tight end. Texas, prior to this game, at times, they've taken Jade Barron off the field against – against power personnel packages and they put yeah. in 40 personnel, which is three linebackers with four uh, D linemen or three D linemen with four linebackers, whatever, but they only have four DBs in there. I, I, if they, if they do that in this game, watch for it early on. Cause I think Chris Kleiman or Colin Klein may decide hey, early on. Let's just see if they continue yeah. with this trend to take them off the field. Cause yeah. they do. Hell man, that, that power, per, that power personnel package on early downs. I mean, you could, you're going to take your best player off the field. I would move him the corner or move him to safety, depending on the yeah. down and distance, but, do, do not take Jade Barron off the field for any any reason at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know that it's going to – hey, hook up. Um, I don't know that it's going to happen that way, Ron. I, I think that – You think I, they're going to stick to it? They would go – I don't know that they can go a true 4-3 against Kansas State. Yeah. I will say that. Um, That's without Burke in there. Yeah. Like somebody's asking about Catalan's official injury. We don't, we don't really have the official injury. I think knee hyperextension is a pretty decent bet. Hadn't been revealed. Fair enough. Um, hey, uh, Jerry, this one's from you for you from Ashton Holloman. Uh, we talked a little bit about Kansas State's running game just now. Let's segue to the Texas running game. Yeah. Uh, over under uh, Brooks, 125 yards tomorrow. If Jonathan Brooks has 125 yards tomorrow, Texas, that's in my dub. opinion. That's yeah, a win. That's, <laughs> that's a dub right there. Yep. Yeah. It would have to be, unless the Texas defense somehow, some way, just capitulated and wasn't didn't show up. That's yeah. the only way that's not a win. And, yeah, the only reason the Texas defense is exposed like that is against pass-first offense. This is not a pass-first offense. Now, unless they break tendency and come out throwing the football, which well, I was expecting them to do. They could. No, Kansas was a, wasn't a pass-first offense, and they moved the ball on the ground with the option. Yeah, yeah exactly. the quarterback run game is the one thing we cannot really account for because, you know, remember Jalen Milrow in Alabama? They didn't have a lot of design runs. They only had None. three of them yeah. in the exactly. whole game. And for yeah. some reason, they just – I don't know why they didn't weaponize that. And then Jamie Daniels didn't play, so we saw Jason Bean light Texas up a little bit. Dylan Gabriel, just functional. He's just functional mobility. And look what he did with a few design, you know, runs with the quarterback draw and then scrambling. So I agree. If they don't have a plan to defend dual-threat quarterbacks in this game, uh, in, the, in the quarterback run game, then yeah, then all all this talk we're doing in the previews are out the window because uh, Texas they got to win a shootout because those run those quarterbacks are run up and down the field on Texas. I mean it's the uh, fifth best rushing attack in the country. Yeah. By the way, the over under I got to take the over because I picked Texas to win the game with thirty four points on inside Texas. Wow. The only way that happens is if Brooks mm-hmm. goes for one twenty five plus. Yeah, you're gonna need yeah. 
Well, you, what, you, what was your score? Pretty, I mean, I went to I, Jerry's. I don't have one what yet. was yours? 34 27, Jerry? Well, I just, because I think we all, a lot of times when we think low scoring game, this thing, you know, look at Texas Bama on the road. It was 34 24, and, and Worthy drops a touchdown. Brooks dropped arguably a touchdown. A lot of times, uh, Bobby, you said a couple of nights ago, those games, they a lot of times they don't really, maybe it pick six, maybe it's a punt return, a kickoff return, something happens. But I just think there's going to be, Maybe too much firepower on the on the field tomorrow, uh, special teams wise, punt blocks. You know, I just think the sc- score is gonna be a little higher. Red zone is the only thing I, I would I agree with everything you said. Red zone is why I would worry about that with Texas, yep. right? Because Texas is 120th in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone. K State is actually top three in the country in touchdown percentage uh, defense in the red zone. So uh, they're really good down there at, you know, forcing teams to kick field goals. Yeah. But Texas actually is really good, too. Texas defense actually is one of the top five best uh, red zone defense in the country. So that's the only thing I would throw out there as a, as a caveat that maybe we don't know what Sark's going to do when he gets down there either. That's, that's another thing, thing, too. That's the thing. Yeah. Is we he going to take the field goals? Is he going to keep the field goals? Or the, is the red zone offense all of a sudden going to grow wings overnight, start scoring touchdowns? Or is he going to take them points? Because, you know, Sark thinks about that three points as a failure. In his right. mind, he failed. He's like, I failed. I'm a failure. And Lowen fans are like, take them points. We need them points, man. <laughs> we, we, need, we need to go up by three yeah. scores. <laughs> Just for my personal heart help. Exactly. You know, that's all like, I care about. Oh, you cannot get in the red zone and come away with zero points in this game. You just can't. It can't happen that way. If you do that most, more than once, you're going to lose. You will lose. Period. Yeah. Both sides, by the way. Yes. Both sides. Totally agree. You know, that's, that's, the, that's how Nebraska used to lose to Texas, by the way. Mm. Y'all, y'all used to stop him in the red zone. Yeah, Bamba don't break. We could yeah. could stop that option in no, between I, the toilets. That's, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, all right, hey, uh, I want to say this. The other thing you mentioned, Jerry, explosive plays. Um, I, I, I mentioned this this morning. Uh, for whatever reason, this feels like a game that Xavier Worthy might be an X factor for me. Xavier Worthy, Ad Mitchell. I don't know why. I, I, I know that. that they have, I don't, ma- they, they have take, matchup advantages, Bobby. They have yeah, match- they have matchup advantages, and they don't have that special pass rusher. They don't. Yeah. No, like yep. last year in the year before, they had the guy that Felix the Chiefs took. Yeah, yeah. that the, right. the Chiefs took in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they may have a team pass rush this year. They don't have that singular guy. I agree with that. Right. And and so even with Malik, that gives you more time. You know, and I know they play the three high, but they're not going to be playing three high if they're going to try to crash on Jonathan Brooks. No, not if, not if you force them. Yeah, to you see come what I'm down saying? And so and play something about that, I think K State probably feels like they have to take some guess, some 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 uh, some risks too. They're going to have to. That's a good point about X Man because it, you know I asked X Man earlier this season, off season, you know who was the toughest assignment for you? Who you who you had the most most. Uh, trouble getting open against creating separation. And he said, Julius Brent, the uh, corner from K-State, who's now playing in the NFL, got drafted. You know, that's in itself tells you that's a rest respect from a player. They don't got that guy anymore. Um, so, yeah, who's going to cover X-Man? Who's going to cover A.D. Mitchell? Who's going to cover J.T. Sanders? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if, you, if there is time, I think they, they Texas can get some of those chunk yardage plays down the field. I don't know if there will be time, because if I'm the defensive coordinator from K-State, I got to blitz this young guy. And yeah. I'm blitzing them early and I'm blitzing them often. But that's why that's why Stark likes to throw in early downs, guys. 
because yeah. he gets favorable defensive assignments and matchups. No teams don't usually call blitzes on on, on early downs. They want to call run blitzes. What Bobby was talking about for Texas on the other side. Yeah. So that's when you usually get a better look for the quarterback, at least a more favorable one for the blocking scheme because it's not a predictable passing down. So yeah, that's I know people don't like that because they won't talk to run the rock, but you still may see them throw the ball on early downs just because against K State you want to keep them guessing as to what you're gonna do. You think they'll run a bunch of like I, I just thought about this and so everybody saw Texas get really beat up on the crossing routes oh, against yeah. U of H. Brutal. Um, and it's been an issue. Mm-hmm. You think they're gonna run more zone blitz where they drop a Baron Sorrell or Justice Finkley or somebody like? Even if Anthony Hill's playing at edge, that's interesting. Where they they're gonna back yeah. those guys up a little bit, yeah. That's and why, didn't run coverage. Yeah, that's why I like that package that they broke out versus BYU. And I'm not sure if they were troubleshooting or what. Whereas Mo Blackwell, Anthony Hill, yeah, Jalen Ford, four guys. Yes, right. Yeah. And they wanted more speed Jeff, on and the Jeff field. Bush. Yeah, well, yeah. Because they well, that that package they had Baron Sorrell, uh, Tavondre Sweat, and Byron Murphy were the D linemen. And it was just Anthony Hill, Mo Blackwell, and Jalen Ford. And the reason I like the package is just what you're talking about. Those guys have no speed on the edges. That They're hybrids, too, that if they need to blitz, they can blitz. If they need to spy, they can spy. They're comfortable dropping back in coverage if they need to cover. Sideline to sideline, they need that. I think if you get them to second and medium, second and long downs like that, you can see that package. Just for what Bobby's talking about, those guys are more comfortable dropping back in those coverage lanes. One thing I'm worried about, though, and you talked about this, Jerry, those second-level players are going to be in constant conflict the entire game, yes. all game long. That, that Nobody is stressed more playing K-State than second-level second defenders. Right. Pre-snap motions and shifts, you got to worry about that to occupy your eyes. They got RPOs, so they're going to try to keep uh, defenders in constant conflict. <laughs> there's uh, there's Ben Ben Sano, the, uh, the tight end. They use the tight end a ton, and he yeah. works that second level a Thanks, lot. Man. And I think to me, and, of course, the quarterback run game, Right, quarterback run game. That's always got the the minds of the uh, the second level defenders preoccupied. That's why this this game for the second level guys, if they don't come to play and dropping back in those drag routes into those coverages, in those coverage lanes, just like my man Bobby's talking about, if they're not ready to play in this game, the that that could end up being right there the biggest weakness potentially for the Texas defense. I, I, I think this is the most important game for the Texas edges and outside linebackers all season. I, I really do. I, I think. Because the diversity, the diversity in the run game, quarterback run game, run game in general, um, and the tight ends and not. I look. I think they'll put Jalen Ford in conflict, not to to attack Ford, but to see what the guys on the outside are going to do. Hmm. They're not attacking Ford. They put Ford in conflict to see how the guys on his right and left wings are going to handle it. That's what they're Hill, doing. Hill can't get hooked. I'm just going to tell you hmm. on that option. Yeah, because if he gets hooked. That guy's gone. Avery, Avery Johnson is gone. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's going to be the issue. All right, hey, I, I want to say this. Uh, you know, for people now, just now joining us, uh, one of the we brought up earlier that Kevin Marr uh, was going to be the official for his his crew was going to be the official. We mentioned one of the reasons why is that his crew has historically been not mm. so kind to the Longhorns. <laughs> this is from Inside Texas. Uh, one of the the the. Uh, Folks on there put this together. Uh oh. This is from last year. Here you go. In the three games called by Kevin Marsh crew since it was announced that Texas was leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, they have called a total of two penalties against Texas opponents. <laughs> three games, two penalties. Okay. That's not, I mean, come on. While th- those two penalties, by the way, totaled a, a grand total of 16 penalty yards. 
So two for 16 in three games. In the same three games, Texas was called for 21 penalties and 153 yards. Mm -hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Texas still won two of those three games. There you go. <laughs> hey, you get I mean, don't but, don't leave any doubt. Yeah, don't leave I mean, any doubt, man. Yeah, uh, that's that's yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna go out on a grassy knoll and get yeah, into the yeah, conspiracy yeah, yeah. theories. This uh, this is right though. Holding calls are off the menu. <laughs> yeah, but I will say this: um, I have been on some Oklahoma sites, and they have very similar data. <laughs> about, about, about about their opponents and about calls against them. They, so it, it uh, I'm not saying it is something's going on, but it is very strange, very peculiar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's nuts. I, yeah. All right, this is the Friday afternoon Longhorn live stream. Thank you, Travis, for the super chat. We appreciate you. My nice man. coming out. Um, I, no, we're here there. at the uh, co-op. Uh, this uh, episode brought to you by the folks at MyPerfectFranchise.net. That's Andy Ludicky and his team there. Uh, if you're looking to own your own business and get into franchise ownership as a possibility. Andy is absolutely who you want to call. He's helped uh, dozens of Longhorns uh, across the years uh, from multiple different sites, all try to get together and own their own business. Uh, 404-973-9901. That's 404-973-9901. Or email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net. Again, business ownership may be right for you. This is a guy that you want to start with, in my opinion. All right, uh, Rod, I, I tell you what, it's not just Texas. We talked about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. uh, but goodness gracious, what do you all think about this? This is a super chat from Juan. Jerry, Bobby, Rod, what do you think of all these rumors of Michigan State courting Urban Meyer for head coach? I got one thing to say about this. Wow. I got one thing to say about this. Wow. Nobody, arguably, has had better feel for timing when to take a job. Oh, Urban, Michigan's gone. Yes. And, Ryan, and, and he and he knows Ryan Day. He knows Ryan Day ain't the dude at Ohio State. He trust me. So he took Florida. Miami was in shambles. FSU was on the way down. He hmm. takes Ohio State. What was Michigan? You know, what what was Penn State at the time? Urban Meyer has tremendous feel for timing when to take jobs. Should have taken mm. Texas a couple years ago, maybe. Yeah. If he had really good timing. I will I will add this uh, about that. Michigan State is not – thanks, Trevor. Michigan State is not uh, Ohio State, Penn State, or uh, Michigan in that category. Mm-hmm. And so it would be – this would be more like him taking the Utah, Utah job. job. Yep. As totally opposed good. to him taking Ohio right. State or Florida. Right. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So he's not he's not against it, clearly. He's done it before. But it's something to consider, right? Uh, all right, 
let me ask you this, guys. When we talk about Malik Murphy's injury. Does anyone feel nervous if Arch, Arch Manning getting ready to call be the play or be the guy I'm, behind center? I'm nervous with Malik in there. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm nervous with Quinn in there. I'm nervous. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, I'm just starting to get calm and you know a little, a little. I'm calm and cool and collected when Quinn's in there now because I trust him now after a season of you know experience and now in the same system he knows the players and the personnel. So yeah, I'm I'm nervous as you know what when Malik's in there. I was nervous the whole time. I always said he, you know, he's a young player, so young players have wild plays and what the plays. And I'm just I'm waiting on the what the play, uh, but I'm just hoping we see more of the wild plays. Yo, so yes, Arch Manning, Arch Manning's got a, a extremely high upside. I mean, guy's gonna be an NFL quarterback, but still he's still an inexperienced freshman. And if he's in there, freshmen are gonna have wild plays and what the plays. And those what the plays will get you beat. If I, I think I remember watching Peyton Manning's first college game, and I think one of his first three passes was an interception. Exactly. So let's just <laughs> let's be clear. I mean, yeah. that, that stuff happens. Uh, hey, one more thing. I would not be anxious about it. I would be. I would have some anticipation. Actually, okay. I think the guy is going to be a fantastic football player on the college level and beyond. Okay. I'm just going to say that. Now, does that mean Texas is necessarily going to win? Is has their best ch chance to win with him at quarterback. That's a wholly different story. But the anticipation of him as a quarterback, I'm telling you guys, I've, I've seen a lot of young guys through the years. I saw his both. I saw both of his uncles in high school. I got no problem with him. I mean, I, I think he's got it. Yeah. So just putting it out there. Hey, one of the one of the we mentioned all this about running uh, and whatnot, is, and what uh, Kansas State can do on the ground. That brings up probably. Two of the best players in the Big 12 going up against each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, right? Maybe the best offensive player in the league in Cooper Beebe, the offensive lineman for uh, for Kansas State, and maybe Tavondre Sweat at defensive tackle for the University of Texas. Are there two better at their position in the league? I don't think I, there I don't, are. I don't think Rod. I think Rod ran out of time. I'll see that just broke down how many times a uh, BB pulls uh, at Kansas State in the run game, <laughs> but it's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot. I don't think he's. Uh, it's. The matchup, what we're thinking about, is different for me because I think as much as Kansas K-State pulls, BB leads the way. Um, so I don't know just if that matchup – we'll see it, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to be as impactful as we're thinking. Yeah, NFL scouts got to love this. Um, and to Monday Sweat, I'm sure if you're – if I'm sorry, I'm telling them, like, hey, man, just so you know. <laughs> you this is this is money time for you. <laughs> hey Byron Murphy, this is money time for you. You're going against an NFL player. Same thing like in the Bama game. You're going against NFL players. That's what scouts want to see. That's the film they want to watch. Uh, they want to see how you're going to perform against another like talent like BB. So I'm excited for Fungi Sweat. He is graded out as pro football focuses, highest graded D tackle in the country. They yeah. have him as a top five player right now overall in the country in terms of his grade. That's how highly graded he is right now. And Byron Murphy, by the way, is also great as a top 10 D tackle. So he ain't too shabby either. Texas, their teams are deciding not to even run at that interior D line of Texas. And man, I wonder if, I know K-State's stubborn because their run game is really they, good at top five. They but, will run delayed QB power until you can't. Yeah. They'll, they'll call that. I mean, it's, 
hell, don't you remember what Bill Snyder used to do? Colin Klein oh, I right did now. the same thing. It was him. Yeah, no, exactly. I still remember the how slow he oh. was and deliberate he was. He would take the snap, and then you knew he wasn't going to pass, but he would still give you the quick fake, and then he... <laughs> it was a death by a thousand cuts. You could see it play. happening, and you knew it was happening. You just couldn't stop it. They couldn't do anything. <laughs> I, 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 think, I, think, I, I would think Kansas State runs uh, wide to set up the in, inside run. I agree. On after the Texas D tackles are a little... Uh, I've had 15, 20 snaps. Oh, by the way, we need to get to this. Somebody was really excited about Bedlam last night. Really? They were driving fast. They were fired up about the game. Oops, Jaleel Falut got arrested. Oh, no. Oh, wow. That's a big loss for He them. couldn't That's wait brutal. to get to Stillwater. He was going 100 and something. Oh, whoa. On a Thursday. Yeah, well, he had a, he had outstanding warrants and, and stuff, so he got pop, he got picked up Thursday night. When he got mm. over. Well, what time was it? Was he what, oh, yeah. was. Thursday night? I wonder what time. Do you was. really think that that matters, Rod? Well, yeah, Rod it does. Did. I know what he was after. <laughs> you should try to well, get you're talking about ladies' <laughs> night, Rod? Ladies' <laughs> night, Thursday night? Yeah, I see what time it Are was. Are you saying he had two girls? One, hey, they go from one of the other? Yeah, I'm just saying. Just let me know what time uh, it was. I, don't know about that. I just want to say that it's too bad Jaleel just got uh, suspended for the first three plays of the game. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, this one's from Donald Skipper. We were talking about this in how Texas beat. K-State in Manhattan last mm-hmm. year. Oh, yeah. Um, last year, and this from Donald Skipper, good stuff here, Donald. Uh, UT rushed for 269 yards, 6.7 per rush, versus KSU with Bijan with 200, two, uh, 209 yards. KSU rushed, on the other hand, for 139, four yards per rush with Deuce Vaughn at 73 yards. Why will the rushing outcome be different this year? More QB run game, like Adrian Martinez was supposed yeah. to be a, yeah. a QB runner, but he wasn't yeah. really that. He no. was more that long distance QB runner. Agreed. These guys are more pick up five, six yards, yeah. move the chains type guys. Yep. I think that's why it's different, Donald. Yeah. Just a, a different type of guy. And so Martinez was hurt last year, so they didn't run him as much. Uh, I forget. Yeah. And I honestly, I thought that they probably would have started Will Howard in that game. They he might have had a better chance to win it because he, he was playing better than AJ no Martinez at the time. He, he was. And yeah. then they went with it, Martinez, and then they end up benching him after that and going with Will Howard. Uh, so I, I like those stats, though. And he's right. I mean, Sark is out coached Chris Kleiman the, the, the first two times he's coached up against him. He beat him with just a wildcat with a hurt quarterback and hurt running backs in year one. And then we saw year two. K-State, probably, that should have been a game they won. The better team, they had, you know, they were, they were a better team than this year's teams for K-State, and they were playing at home with a veteran quarterback and Will Howard. So I think the reason it'll be different this year, number one, is just because Texas has their a backup quarterback. I know Quinn wasn't, you know, a veteran quarterback at the time. He was still young and pretty much inexperienced, but now you got your backup in there. That I know that that does not affect on the running game, but it will have an effect on possessions for Texas and them being able to extend drives potentially and the threat. I mean, they may decide to load the box and say, all right, you know what? Let's see if, let's see if this young quarterback really can beat us. There's a different approach K-State had last year as opposed to the approach they're going to have this year. So there are subtle differences, but you're right. Texas still should be able to run the rock. They better be. If they don't, fingers yeah. crossed, right? Yeah. Yeah. I say with that six-zero line pack, it's the best way to do it. I calculated Texas last season when they faced three high, three-down defenses. When they used the six-zero line package, average damn near six point eight yards per rush. That's the way to go. That is the way. Trust me. Jerry, spill the beans. What's on your phone? Jeff wants to know. You know, I, I, I've had a lot of things, but we had a guy, uh, Antoine, asked us this morning about a kid, um, and I actually just looked this up. 
So there's a receiver at Huddo named Alex Green who is about to have the best regular season in the history of Texas high school football for receiving. What? Hey, listen to this last four games. He's a senior. 10 for 365 against Brian. 13 for 184. 16 for 300 yards against Temple. 12 for uh, 214 before that. He had 275 earlier in the season. 201 in the season opener. He has 90 catches. For 1,874 yards in nine high school games this season. I've receiver. <laughs> Hold up. Hold up. I don't understand. Is anybody else? Two 300-yard receiving is five <laughs> games over 200. Is anybody else getting the – Getting the, the football and he targets to anybody else on the team. Now I gotta see the stats. I mean, I've never, I mean, I've never seen I've never a credit to Antoine. I don't think he's here wow. this afternoon. But I, I, I didn't have time to address that this morning. That's unbelievable. If he has a two thousand yard regular season, and that's five A, six A football in Texas, guys. Damn, who's the quarterback Jerry, actually? You, you well, the quarterback's going to Texas Tech. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah that's probably I was about to say, yeah. What what about what what do you have against Temple? You that's the one that you threw out that was – I mean, they, they, they can run. They got Temple good players. Can run. Yeah, yeah, they got some good players. 16 for 300. Damn. I'm defensive coordinator's got to feel bad. I mean, what's the adjustment? How good is the Huddo, and how good is the Huddo quarterback, Jerry, in your opinion? Uh, I mean, he, he's he's a good player. He's got a little gamesmanship. He's a good player. Um, probably similar to Baron Morton. Talent-wise. I mean, when are, when are they going to start double teaming this kid? I mean, uh, what? What? I, I got now. I got to go watch. I want to go watch some film on. Did they double team? Did he rotate coverage? Too. I mean, to hell with the other players. I'm, I'm not going to let this one dude get give 30, 300 yards on me. Come on, dude. You can't live. Yeah. Like, you can't live that down. Like, how is a defensive coordinator? That's wow. wow. I've got to ask you this, Rod. You got to be embarrassed about that one. Time out. You're a former cornerback. Did yeah. you ever give up 300 to anybody? No, dude. I don't, I, I don't think I ever gave up. More than a Hunsky versus a receiver, I never gave up that many yards. I didn't. No, that's great. Three hundred yards. You may be. You played in the NFL. I don't know that the guy that they're playing up against at Hutto is definitely going to be an NFL but, guy. Dude, no. NFL, dude, Texas, Texas high school football teams have talent. They they usually will put. All right, let's put our best player on. Who, who's yeah. our, We know he plays offense or he plays linebacker. Just get over there. You got to cover this dude. That means they're they're trying all possible options and nothing's working. So I don't know. Send me that name, Jerry, because I'm gonna do some deep diving now. I'm gonna watch. Hey, hey, hey! We got we got talking ball next Tuesday, Rod. <laughs> hey, this one. His offers are well. Let's let's see this. He's got every Ivy League offer. Hmm. And he's got mm-hmm. Northwestern. Okay. Um, he's got Air Force. He's not highly recruited kid. Let's see where he's at in December. If you're Rice, what the hell are you doing? You need to be out there offering. He seems uh, like that's the kind of kid that no doubt. <laughs> what you doing? <laughs> For real. Um, I, this is from David Keith Williams. There's absolutely no reason Texas should not be pressing wide receivers. This oh. is what you talked about earlier, Rod. Yeah. That have not consistently been productive this season. They do not have superior speed over the Texas cornerbacks. Nope. Although Philip Brooks does have good speed, he can run. It doesn't make sense. Look, sometimes you want to play off if you're in zone so that you actually aren't engaged at the at the mm-hmm. Ryan Watts doesn't always want to be engaged if he's looking for the run. Yeah, he plays off sometimes just yeah. to better vision. Yes, better exactly. sight line. And yeah. So what do you I kind of dis I understand what David is saying here, but I kind of disagree with it slightly. Uh yeah, I mean, because I Ryan Watts probably he plays more press than anybody else. I, I have seen him actually play, play press when he's playing zone. 
and he'll just he'll just back up, ease up, or bail out of that press. Look, he loves to be up there close to the line of scrimmage. And I, listen, Sark has said several times he wants to play more bump and run coverage. And if you'll watch closely, sometimes on the field side, you'll see a young Terrence Brooks or you'll see a young Malik Muhammad actually play bump and run on the field side. On the field and just side. And themselves at the time. That's what Sark ultimately wants. He wants yeah. to go kind of what we did back in the day when it was me, Nasty Nate, Nathan Vasher, and Quentin Jammer. We were playing bump and run across the damn board. And it, it didn't really matter. You knew we were playing man. We were just that good at it. And we had to rush to make sure we are getting home. I think what they're concerned about, guys, playing bump and run, is that they don't have that war daddy on the outside that can close and finish. Yeah. yeah. When, it, trust, when I was playing bump and run, you know, early on it was Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers, and that helped out a lot. But then you had Corey Redding later on, and you had, you know, I had some guys that could finish those plays. I'm yeah. not saying that they don't have those guys. Baron Sorrell, I think, is probably the closest thing they got to it. But they need to make sure that they can finish those plays. You play bump and run like that, and you got those guys out there on an island for you know four five seconds. That can be a long time, and you can have some, you know, give up some explosive plays. So I think they just don't trust that really the pass rush yet to yeah. be able to. To, to, to be able to maximize the press technique, which is supposed to be to take away the quarterback's initial read, right? Because he's nothing hot, nothing quick. Got to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. Pass rush should get home. Yes. If pass rush don't get home, man, quarterback's just holding the ball like Donovan Smith and going, I got it. And that's, that's a bad recipe. So I think they're just waiting on it to be more of a complimentary aspect, pass rush and the coverage. One of the uh, – here we are, Friday afternoon, Longhorn live stream here at the co-op. Uh, I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Rod Babers and Jerry Hamilton. Thanks for joining us. Uh, sponsored by the folks at MyPerfectFranchise.net. One of the things that I'm, I'm interested in is this question uh, from Bobby Brown. Is JT Sanders a tough matchup for the K-State D? That's the tight end for Texas, obviously. If he's so I, 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 I've got to ask this one, too, though, Jerry, and this is the, the other piece of it. What about Texas matching up against Ben Sanat, yeah. the tight end from K-State? Because I think that's a sneaky, tough matchup for the Longhorns. It is sneaky tough. Um, I think that's why they're trying to play more Anthony Hill and more Mo Blackwell, um, you know, guys who are comfortable in space potentially with uh, Ben Sinai. Now, they they use so much run game that the play action and the RPO game works really well for them. That's with players already in conflict. So sometimes those Texas defenders, second level and third level, may be drawn up to the run and you can get those guys behind them. But I, I, I'm, I do. I think Texas – Actually, if they play the right guys, Mo Blackwell being one of them. And even if Jalen Ford is in coverage, we know he's one of the best coverage linebackers in the country. We haven't seen that when he's in conflict as much. I even saw somebody bringing that up. Yeah, there you go, Rick. Great stuff there. Uh, can't you minimize the conflict for Ford and let him drop in coverage by using Blackwell and Hill with him? Yeah, they got that package. And I think that there was no need for, to use that package versus BYU. I think they were troubleshooting that package because they know against K-State, it may actually do them a lot of good because they, the K-State running backs – they really like to use in the pass game too. And those guys are a problem in space. That I worry about a bender or somebody like that in one-on-one coverage in space, dropping it off to one of those running backs, and it's just a one-on-one situation. Not that he can't handle it, but I'd much rather have a guy who's got some speed and who also is more comfortable as a spread a spread player. That's Anthony Hill, and I think that's going to be Mo Blackwell. So I, I think that's the way they go. And about the JT Sanders question, JT Sanders is a matchup nightmare for everybody. As Jerry said, if he's healthy. Got to be able to stretch the field and got to be able yeah. to run after the catch. That's where he scares people. Uh, Todd Lacey, who coaches the edge players at Texas at Broken Down Between Interior and Edge? Yes. Uh, Bo Davis coaches the interior guys, Alfred Collins, plus those interior guys, Vernon Broughton. Those are all Bo Davis's guys. Outside guys, technically PK. They did hire Jaquest Smith. Interesting. 
former Missouri defensive end who was working with pass rush kids, uh, defensive linemen at the high school level in Dallas in the offseason, works with Colin Simmons. Um, and I think he's helping a little bit. It will be helping a little bit in the future with pass rush guys off the edge. But Bo Davis coaches the interiors. PK has been the edge coach. I want to go back to something. I want to go back to something that Rod said, Jerry, and, and you and I, I picked up on it yesterday in Sark's press conference. And you mentioned David Benda and space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sark reiterated last week, Anthony Hill started in place of David Benda. Yep. In his press conference, he mentioned Anthony Hill as the starter at that position. There you go. Yeah. So that means the freshman, true freshman, which we kind of all predicted or thought mm-hmm. might usurp David Benda over time. Yeah has officially done that at this point. Okay. Right? Yeah. So, I, I think that's, you know, I think that's probably the right move. Not probably. It is the right move. Uh, Anthony Hill's upside, obviously tremendous. Uh, and David, David Bender gives you now is talented depth, though. You're going to need that depth. We know Sark likes to rotate guys. So winning the starting job, it makes you the frontline guy. But to a lot of Longhorn fans, <laughs> dis, uh, dis, dis, dislike. He also rotates guys, and he's comfortable rotating guys in and out of there. So I think you'll see a lot of David Bender even though he's not the starter. But I think Anthony Hill translates better to this game than a, a David Bender does, too, in my opinion. Hey, Roger G., Jerry, who are the big visitors this weekend? You know, 11 a.m. kick kind of hurts as far as that guy goes. I'll say this, two of the big – two five-star visitors weekend, uh, but it's Brandon Baker and Ryan Wingo already committed. But that counts a lot because they could be somewhere else, by the way. And then they're in Austin with their families this weekend. Great point, Jerry. Big, Jarrett Gibson is not here. I talked to him this morning. He's not coming in. He's also not going to uh, Gainesville uh, to watch those hogs get after uh, those Gators, possibly, probably not, maybe. I don't know. Florida's best linebackers out for the season now uh, on top of all their other issues. Uh, but some 2025's Michael Fasusi, top offensive tackle on the board in 25. He's coming in. Uh, Dylan Battle, defensive lineman out of Mansfield, Timberview, Timberview 6'2", 315. Really good over-the-ball player. He's coming in. Zion Williams from Lufkin not coming in. I don't think he's expected to be in. Uh, the tight end, uh, Marion Winston out of 2025 out of the Atlanta area is expected to be in. Uh, but that 11 a.m. kick kind of messed some things up. I talked to TJ Lindsay at IMG, committed to Auburn this morning. He's not coming in this weekend. He's looking at possibly coming in for the Texas Tech game. The, the issue I have there, he's also supposed to be at the Iron Bowl the next day. So, can you actually pull both both of those trips off? We'll see. I just want to say oh, this. Oh, DeAndre Carter's not coming in with Brandon Baker, for those wondering. Oh, the, the, the fellow co-liner. Yeah, he's in stuff this weekend. I should have said that. He's really struggling with this decision. Auburn's making it tough on him. Texas is making it tough on him. DeAndre Carter, I think, needs some time, uh, you know, to make that hey, I've got to say this, and, you know, rarely am I jealous, but I'm jealous of Jay Archer. Hello from Tahiti. Oh, <laughs> Texas 41, uh, uh, K-State 35. Jay Archer, my jealous. man. I know the chaos, I know the co-op is special, <laughs> but Tahiti. I want to be hey, where you on, are, guys. There's no way you could be sitting in Tahiti looking at that water that looks like the bathtub and actually pick Kansas State to win. It's just, just ah, I just feel too good about this. Texas 41-35. Hey, this next question, I pointed to it internally here with Rod. So he started getting out his notebook and trying to figure this. Well, I just tracked this, so that's why you I just tracked. He's, he's literally leafing through these pages of notes he has here <laughs> from Shake and Bake Rod. He's got Rod shaking and baking over there in the notes. I'll find it. UT used twenty-one personnel. That's two running backs, one tight end. 
against BYU. I liked to, t- to see a new wrinkle in the offense. I did too. I, yeah. I agree. I thought that was a, a nice thought and kind of mixed things up at a time. They went to the, the wildcat at times. It worked a little bit. Then they went to the 21. They did some different things to move the ball against BYU and put more stuff on tape. Rob, what was your thought on that? Um, I can't find my notes. See, it's one of those few times where I know it's in there. I can't find it. But I will tell you this. They've been using 21 personnel sparingly this season. Haven't used it as much as I would like. You guys know I love me some two, two tailback sets. All right. They used that 31 personnel package, though, which was kind of nice. Keelan Robinson out there in that, Savion Red out there. And I believe it was C.J. Baxter, if I'm not mistaken, was in that 31 personnel. Yep. Um, and I love that package for him. Because, that's the diamond look. Yeah, that's, yes, exactly. Yep. That's when they ran that diamond formation look. Uh, they remember they ran that last year. They broke it out against Alabama. And I, I think they had it. a penalty on the play. It was a beautiful play design. And Sark can get really, really exotic with those plays. So he should start using more multi-back sets, period. When you're talking about 21 personnel, are we talking about 31 personnel? And he's got the backs to do it. Yes. Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter, of course, they're your two guys. You can roll with them. But Keelan Robinson is a guy that needs more touches because of how explosive he is. And I think some Longhorn fans now want to see a little bit more Jaden Blue, potentially. So if you want to run for And Savion Red. And, of course, more Savion Red. So you've got a lot of weapons. And now I like what I love about the running back position is they're all varied in their skill set. Very different, right? Diverse skill sets at running back. Not one of these guys all does the same thing really well. They all have very uh, different things that they can bring to the offense. So, yes. And how about this? I've been tracking this. I'll bring the numbers when I find my find my notes here. Because I just tracked this this week because I was thinking the same thing uh, that you were thinking, Shane. I was like, oh, 21. Let me think about it. They call it the pony package. That's when you play two tailbacks in your 21 personnel package instead of a fullback. It is the last – Two and a half years, all right, since Sark got here. No personnel grouping averages more yards per attempt, has a higher explosive play rate, and has a higher yards per play than 21 personnel. It is by far and away the most effective personnel grouping that he has deployed, mostly because B. John Rojo was there. But no, 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 I'll tell you, Bobby, I tracked it, and it still tracks this year. I, I thought it was like, oh, man, once B. John Rojo leave – it definitely it won't translate, and it won't be applicable anymore. And the few times they've run 21 this year, guys, still tracks. Still the most explosive personnel grouping, yeah. highest yards per attempt, highest yards per play. That, I need start needs to go to it more. I'll find my notes here before we get out of here, I promise. He gets, and Rob gets <laughs> those stats from, He gets those stats from RFF. Rob. Oh, found them. Rob, See, look at that. Boom. Pony Rob, back. Football look at focus. That. RFF. Yeah, see, look at that. Boom, 2021. So how about this? In 2021, highest yards per attempt out of any personnel package was out of 21 personnel. It was 8.4 yards per attempt. In 2022, highest yards per attempt, it was 10 yards per attempt. Went to multi-back sets, it was 11 because sometimes he would break out the 31 personnel. Your uh, highest yards per play, you're at over 8 yards per play in 21 personnel. You are uh, you're at 75% completion percentage in 21 personnel last season. Guys, your, your explosive play rate was over 20%. In 21 personnel. That's the key. Let me see this. Okay, fellas, this is not what, like, my <laughs> my children do not need to learn from this penmanship. Hey, hey, I'm just saying. Hey, you're right. It's terrible penmanship, but 21 personnel, baby. It works. Run it, baby. Run it. I'm, I'm teasing with you. Yeah, it works, baby. What, what's interesting to me about that is why do you think it's so so uh, explosive? Oh. If it's not the whole thing, it's not the players because – Theoretically, as a Texas fan, you're thinking Adonai Mitchell, Jordan yep. Whittington, Xavier Worthy, more explosive players. 
per se. Yes. But why? So people don't see the two-back set as much? It, it, it actually tracks in the NFL, too, because Shano loves it. Right? Shano runs more – Kyle Shanahan runs more 20, 21 personnel than anybody else. The key is this. Basically, defense, basically, the theory is that defenses are stupid, right? That anytime you present a defense with a power personnel package, they automatically think run. It's got to be run. The defensive coordinator adjusts the personnel – for run, now he's like, oh man, they got two backs in there. They're gonna run. I'm putting my linebackers on the field. I'm putting more of my run defenders on the field. And run defenders are bad at what? Coverage. So present power personnel packages and pivot to play action pass principles, and you'll get nothing but run defenders in coverage. It's a beautiful thing. And that's what Texas did with, with B. John Rojo. B. John Rojo were great in the past game. And then you would get, and then you got X Men, you got JT Sanders. You basically got your best, your best group of skill players on the field, and yet they put out their best run defense okay and you know sark he's already a pass first guy it's perfect so i'm just saying it still tracks even this year it is still your most explosive and your most productive personnel package don't give up on it and now you got jay brooks and um cj baxter so just throwing it out there all right we got about my rant we got about five more minutes here uh this is the friday afternoon longboard live stream we're at the co-op uh folks uh, i'm bobby burton alongside rod babers here with me and jerry hamilton uh sponsored by myperfectfranchise.net uh, I, I, I want to circle forward and think about uh, some other aspects of this. We need to reiterate what we heard earlier. There's a report out that Malik Murphy, if you're just now joining us, uh, missed some practice time this week. Hmm. And that could be a real issue for the Longhorns. I mean, it's only his second start, so he doesn't need to be missing practice. What does that mean? I mean, I try to grasp this, and I, I don't think I fully can because – you know, it depends on what kind of reason he missed practice. Exactly. Is it an injury? Is it, you know, personal? Per- I mean, you just don't know. But man, Rod, I mean, it's got to affect the psyche of the team a little bit, right? Unless they're, Not- unless they're used to it with him. Unless it's unless it's an ongoing issue. Ah, they miss it like the same day or one day a week, every week, because he's got something he's he's got to prioritize. That's interesting. Well, I mean, there, there was some thought that he missed a part of one practice and a part of another. Apparently, okay. So I don't know, Jerry. I mean, this is right. the point, right? We, This is the question that that I just don't know how this plays into the game. You know, maybe Malik's a gamer. He played pretty well last week, uh, and he missed a week of practice. I missed a day yeah. of practice That's last week. That's a good week. point, yeah. He's been now, busy. he didn't come out real real hot. Two, two turnovers in the first half before settling into the game, I think, and Texas kind of took over. Uh, but I, I just – this is a big deal. And, and I don't know how to quantify it. I mean, we're 24 hours before the game, right? Like, at what, 18 hours before the game mm-hmm. now? Um, I, I don't know how to put it. I, I don't know what to think about it, actually. I, I well, I think it could be multi-layered, but I think initially I'm thinking if he's missing practice time, Sark's got to get – first of all, Arch is going to be thrown into the role because Quinn's hurt of practicing with the ones. And if that's the case, Sark's got to be thinking to himself, I got to get Arch ready to play. Um, not only because what if it's a physical issue with Malik, we all hope it's not knock on wood, but even if it's a personal issue, it has affected his practice time, which is going to affect usually your performance because you don't have the practice time to make sure that you are as prepared as possible. So I, I, if I'm Sark and I think Sark's smart, you got to go with, you got to think about contingency plans and you got to plan for the worst. You know, you can hope for the best, but you got to plan for the worst and the worst would be, you know, what if the pra- missing practice time affects the performance of one Malik Murphy? Well, and here's the thing. I'll say this again. I just happen to be watching Longhorn Network, uh, listening to Brian Robeson, 
Um, and Robeson was talking, and, and, the, and the camera panned to the field. And Arch was there huddled up with the first-team skill guys. Hmm. And, I, and at the time, I said, hmm, that's interesting. One, yeah. why is Malik not out there? And, boy, Arch is really preparing as if he, he may have to play. And I think that's we're probably seeing some reasons why. That's interesting. Yeah, boy, tough. Hey, we're right, uh, one. There we go. Yeah, this oh, is the one. Yeah, this probably, great. Have fun with this, this would be this would be a pretty nice weekend, by the way. Roy Walmack, best possible weekend, and my current parlay: UT wins thirty to twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. OU loses to Oklahoma State. I can see that. A and M goes down to Ole Miss. I can see that. LSU loses to Alabama. I can see that. Georgia loses to Missouri. Missouri. What's the least likely thing to happen there? Georgia, Georgia loses. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's look. a that's a tough parlay. But if you win it, you win big. Hey, look, I think Will Muschamp would run out onto the field and tackle a Luther Burden before he <laughs> lose to Missouri and Athens, okay? <laughs> I'm just going to say that right now. Um, I, I I think the most likely is Ole Miss beats a and I just don't, you know, I just don't know. A&M's offensive line is such an issue, and – while AM has a tremendous defensive line, Ole Miss is going to score enough points to win that game. I think that's the most likely outcome there. How's the O line that bad? They have talent though. That's so I don't they're playing, they're weird. They're playing right now. They're playing a true freshman that is getting pushed into the quarterback and hurting their quarterback mm-hmm. in every single game. Chase Basantes. I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's literally been a swinging gate for them. Wow. I mean that's I, crazy. Jerry, do you agree with that? Yeah, oh, yeah. No, no, yes, yes. They have not been – look, Texas has offensive line injury issues. A&M has real offensive line injury issues. Uh, been a, been a, a bit of a struggle or a hell of a lot of struggle for them. Um, and Max Johnson limps around the entire game after but starting mm-hmm. the second series, man. He is getting hit. He's getting – I mean, it's not good. Hey, I want to say this. Uh, people have asked us uh, what's going on before the game. Uh, where? When do I need to be there? This is Jose Tomas. Uh, what time do you need to be there? A uh, couple of things. One is the tailgate stuff starts at around eight o'clock. Uh, if you want to go to the Texas One Fun tailgate, which is where I'll be at nice. pregame, uh, I'm going to have Matt, our producer, put the pin drop into this chat. So feel free to show up around eight o'clock. I'll be there. Going to have some fun, uh, free beer and food for folks until it runs out. All they ask is a a requested donation to the Texas One Fund, five, ten bucks, whatever you want to do. Uh, to get that going because the beer is donated by Faust Distributing and nice. they get some uh, free food as well, uh, Rod. Uh, yeah. So that, please do that, consider that, and then make it your way into the stadium around 10, 15, 10, 10, 15. Get ready for a full full regalia. Ooh, um, so all right, nice. I want to ask you all this. By, by the way, the team gets in at 845 North oh, End Zone of Bevo Boulevard. Uh, and then we had a question talking about uh, USC beating Washington. Man, Washington's kind of been limping long. Nothing cures uh, a team that's limping along like going to play Charmin. Okay, I'm just saying. Hey, who? I gotta ask. USC's you defense is bad. <laughs> Soft. Hey guys, real question for you. Um, players of the game tomorrow. Who need? Who doesn't need to be for the Longhorns? Jonathan wow. Brooks and Jalen Ford. I like that. Um, I'm gonna go with. Oh man, players of the game. Hmm. Can I go with? Oh, can I go with the, somebody on O line or O line? Yes, you can. 
because I know the O line works as a group, but man, Texas needs their O line to come ready to play. Because I'm with yeah. you, I think, and to be healthy, and to be and to be healthy. Yeah, that's true. They got to control the line of scrimmage. Uh, so I'm gonna go with O line. Period. I know the D line. We probably could throw them in there too. That'd be cheating. I'm gonna go O line. They got to be the players of the game, man. They have to because you got a young quarterback who his head's gonna be spinning a little bit. Why wouldn't it be? He's young. It's a really big game. Um, if they can't. If he is right struggling a little bit, that means they're not going to be able to weaponize all that talent they have at the skill positions, which means we got to go old school meat and potatoes and just run the rock. And Texas can run the rock. I told you guys that 6-0 line package, it's really designed to run the rock against teams that run that three-high, three-down defense like K-State. So I'm going to go O-line's got to show up, man. They got to be the ones. If they show up, Texas may win this game by, by a touchdown plus. If they don't, then Texas may have some issues. Jonathan Brooks and Xavier Worthy for me. Next man. I, they need something, uh, a little extra in the return game, deep ball, something. It, it's not gonna, They're not going to be with a backup quarterback to nickel and dime it down the, down the field and then punch it in. Mm. It's just not how you're going to win a game with a backup quarterback, in my opinion. I also would add this one from Ryan Nelson. KSU, uh, UT 2019, Cameron Dicker walk-off field goal. 2023, Burt Auburn walk off field goal as Bobby Holt the <laughs> defibrillator in his hand. I, I, I will I will gladly hold the defibrillator in my hand, and I may need it if that's the case. It may it may come down to a field goal, guys. Right now Vegas has it three three and a half, right? Yeah, yeah, and that that number's dropped. I could see it being a game that comes down to a game winning drive on either side. Texas having to defend or one, stop. Yeah, or having to defend one after the other one, and you know Texas two minute defense hadn't been great, but. Hopefully it's getting better. Yeah, and maybe they don't defend K-State quite the same way they would defend. A pass-first offense. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and so that's, that's something. Yeah. All right, yeah. uh, Rod, that's going to do it. This guy, hey, this is it for us at the co-op this year. Oh, man. It's been a lot of fun. Rod and I have been here every time. This is great. We had a good time. I thank you all for coming, everybody out here, as well as the co-op for hosting us. Very nice of them. Uh, this has been presented by MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, for Jerry and Rod and Jerry, as well as the folks at the co-op, Thank you all for joining us. Uh, And tomorrow we'll see you out there at 11 o'clock. Come, uh, what is it? Be early. Be early. uh, early, Come early. Be be loud. loud, Stay late. Come early. Be be loud. Stay late. (laughs) (laughs) Jerry's doing his best background. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. And to our producer, Matt Hutchinson, we appreciate you. Hook him. Hook him.